0: This podcast is brought to you by Fabea and Social Economy Europe. Welcome to the second episode of the Fabea podcast mini series, Finance for Good. In this episode, we will hear from Peru Sasia, the president of Fabea, as well as two very interesting examples of ethical finance organizations. From Ireland, we meet Donald Trainer, Group Chief Executive at Community Finance Ireland, and from Italy, Giacomo Pinafo. Project Manager and Financial Analyst at Fondazione di Comunità di Messina. This episode focuses on the activities of each organisation with a deeper look into one particular project that they finance. We then conclude the episode with an important look into the monitoring practices of all three organisations in order to ensure that projects financed meet the strong ethical and sustainable criteria in the organization's charters. So let's hear from Perú the president of FEBEA, to take over from where we left off in the last episode, which was an introduction to ethical finance.
1: FEBEA, the Federation of Ethical and Alternative Banks and Financiers, uh, started 20 years ago, which is quite, quite a number of years for, for this contracultural organisation doing strange things in the financial area. So we have started from six founders, pioneers that formed the Federation, and today, 20 years after, we are still those members, but we have grown, of course, and uh, we have 30 members now, uh, spreading all Europe, not only in European Union, Europe in a wider sense, and, uh, well, we we can say that we gather now organizations comprising... Assets over 30 million euros and more than seven, uh, 700,000 customers. So, uh, well, quite a significant uh, uh, organization or federation if you consider we are in fact socially active and no, no mainstream organizations, you know.
0: Before we introduce the other organizations, I wanted to get some examples of the kinds of project that Fabea works with. Peru continues.
1: We are very much active in all that you can consider social economy, so there are many coincidences of that. If I have to be more precise, we have to talk about social insertion through labour. I have to talk, obviously, about renewable energies, all the, the environmental area. In some aspects, ethical finances were pioneers in understanding the financial needs of uh, some uh, environmental activities, some ecology-linked uh, activities, economic activities. Another other areas are South Cooperation, we are active in that. Also, there are some, you know, we can say transversal uh, factors, young people women the gender perspective is very much present in all our activities and those are the places where we only move do not go into speculation we uh, dedicate high percentage much higher than the mainstream banks high percentage of our money into credit That is the only thing we do from the economical point of view. We just do uh, savings and credit. This is it. So let's
0: introduce Donald Trainer, Group Chief Executive at Community Finance Ireland, and find out what community finance is all about.
2: The organization is called Community Finance Ireland. Um, Ultimately, we're a social finance organization that makes debt finance available to the community and voluntary sector across the island of Ireland. our, our mission is to enable communities enable themselves. Um, we're, we're aiming to create a world-class community finance system that works tirelessly towards ensuring that positive social impact is felt rather than simply dreamt at a local level. We want to see that impact delivered across every community on the island of Ireland. And we have a reputation for being fast, fair and flexible in everything that we do.
0: Donna explained to me that on their website communityfinanceireland.com you can find many examples including podcasts of all the stories from today and much more it will be linked in the description for you to click so what kind of projects do they finance we cover a lot of different
2: subsectors within the target market um, faith-based lending would be one example of something that we have got involved in in the last four or five years Um, And in doing so, we found ourselves getting uh, introduced to many different uh, cultures, uh, many different uh, beliefs, many different types of communities that we would not normally have been connected with. So, for example, we have invested in the Egyptian Coptic church, the Romanian Pentecostal church, various Islamic communities, uh, Christian evangelical churches. And we're continuously looking out for new new brands or new franchises of churches that we can uh, assist. Um, In the retail sector, we have been involved in community shops, community off-licences, community cafes. Um, Then in community workspace settings, we've also got involved in both large and small digital hubs and larger uh, industrial units. Sport for us is one of our major uh, sectors at this point in time. In fact, it it comprises about 37% of our all-island portfolio at this point in time. An example of what we would do in sport would primarily be the the GEA and would be one of our national sports here in Ireland. And Turin McEady GA club in Mayo would be one very, very good example where we would have assisted in financing the development of a very large sports hall and clubhouse Uh, in comparison to what would have originally been there would have been a a, a very modest set of two dressing rooms. So you can see significant infrastructural changes in, in instances like that. And from a tourism perspective, some of um, some of the best-known tourism sites in Ireland are included on our portfolio, uh, such as Fort Dunry Military Museum in Donegal, and also the Dunbrody Famine Ship and Visitor Centre, which has a connected with, connection with the JFK Trust. Um, so there are two uh, tourism sites at opposite ends of the island, but both in a coastal setting that will be very, very um, highly regarded in terms of visitor attractions. From an environmental perspective, uh, we have been involved in financing the Western Forestry Co-op. It's a co-op which helps smallholders uh, across the western seaboard of Ireland um, and they facilitate them in the uh, accessing uh, and management of grants uh, in terms of developing forestry and managing same. Um, We've also been uh, involved with the Clock Jordan Community Village which has of international renown in terms of its view towards uh, eco-living in Tipperary. Um, the health and childcare sector is another one that we, we get involved in, and we've financed New Ross Community Hospital um, on a 1.2 million project there a number of years ago, where they had to, um, because of, of national legislation, they had to change from a ward-based setting to uh, smaller rooms um, with one or two people in, in those rooms. Sensational Kids is an award-winning social enterprise here in Ireland that uh, services kids with autism. Um, from a very young age in terms of training, counseling or therapy sessions, um, but also have a, an online shop for toys and for products that would be of use to those with autism. Um, we're also looking at, at how we can make an impact in terms of inclusion and in introducing the new communities to Ireland. So an example of that recently would have been the Killarney Immigrant Support Centre, who run the Cassie Cafe in Killarney, County Kerry, a very, um, very popular town from a tourism perspective and this particular project is given um, those who are seeking asylum in the country an opportunity to get work experience in a social enterprise setting. So just to give you some examples um, of of the types of projects that we work with.
0: These examples, just like the social economy, cover the whole range of economic and social activities in our society. And there's a social economy solution in all of these cases. You can check out the podcast series Social Economy Talks to hear more in-depth examples. So let's move to Italy and hear more about the context of Sicily and what the Fondazione di Comunità di Messina does to help.
3: So I work for the Community Foundation of Messina, which is an organisation promoting, uh, designing and co-financing uh, social development uh, programmes in, mainly in Sicily, but part of a wider network at the national and international level. Actually the foundation is the leader of a wider uh, social economy cluster made of different kind of organizations, foundations, social enterprises, uh, financial institutions, uh, and this cluster itself is the promoter and the actor implementing these development policies in the territories. We are based on the capabilities approach of uh, Amartya Sen, the Nobel Prize of Economics, Uh, So we aim at uh, generating uh, new alternatives, new opportunities for disadvantaged people. Uh, Keeping in mind that we work in Sicily, which is a region which has the highest unemployment rate in Italy, more than 20%. About 20% of the families live below the relative poverty line. And also uh, there is a high rate of illegal or black economy. So all these elements place the region among the, 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 the last in the social economic rankings in Europe.
0: Given this important context, I wanted to hear about how the foundation works and hear about some concrete investments and what kinds of organisations the foundation helps.
3: Community Foundation itself is not a financial organisation, but as I said, uh, it leads a wider cluster of social economy organisations. and. Uh, In this way, it has also created its own uh, uh, social finance framework to support all its uh, actions. Uh, More specifically, uh, the Community Foundation has created its own microfinance institution, which is the number one uh, registered at the National Register for Microfinance Institution, provided by um, the law, the National Regulation of Microfinance. And it has also co-funded an asset management company uh, fully dedicated to impact investing activities. In addition to this, uh, among the funding members of the foundation itself, uh, there's also Banca Etica, which is one of the funding members of FEBEA, the Federation. Therefore, this shows uh, a wide uh, um, uh, framework of financial actors engaged in the activities promoted by the foundation. Through this uh, framework, we finance any kind of uh, initiative or organization which is engaged in social economy, uh, which means uh, small enterprise, small organization, small um, enterprises supporting, for instance, uh, young entrepreneurs willing to launch their own activity. Or we finance also bigger organizations, bigger enterprises which, who need more capital, more equity or more finance in order to support the growth process. So a very wide range of beneficiaries.
0: It's clear that the organizations working in ethical finance help in a multitude of sectors and are closely linked with the social economy. In order to understand more about the specific process and how it really works, I asked Donald and Giacomo to explain in depth one project to make this clear. Dono explains.
2: I suppose one of the most recent examples of something that certainly caught our attention uh, would be the Petania Church, which is a Romanian Pentecostal project that was developed in Dublin in an industrial uh, park. And it consists of a community of about 700 adults from Dublin and the surrounding region. And they had accessed land designated from the local authority on a long-term lease with the peppercorn rent. And in terms of them approaching us, we had done a number of transactions with other evangelical churches, and and through that we had a mutual acquaintance of a a pastor who had had dealings with or connections with the uh, Britannia Church in Dublin, who at that point in time had been renting uh, a space in an industrial unit. So that was how the connection was made. And we had a track record in lending. They knew what we were about in terms of providing impact and making sure that any profits that we would make from the deal would be reinvested to other like-minded community-based organizations. So that's what ultimately attracts community groups to get in touch with us, They the, the, like the ethos of what we do. In terms of the objectives of what they were trying to do as a church, they were simply trying to consolidate the sustainability of their faith within the existing community and create a central focus for both their spiritual and social activities. Because up until this point, Like an awful lot of other churches around the country, they were at the behest of landlords in terms of the increase in in rent uh, and the potential that they never had uh, um, security of tenure. So an opportunity came up for them to uh, uh, access this Greenfield site at the back of an industrial park, which wasn't being used, but adjacent to which was an inclusive, what we call Educate Together uh, School, in which a lot of the Romanian community's children were going to school. And so they had a great vision. Their vision was to build uh, a substantial church stroke community centre setting for their community. And ultimately what it ended up being was a 5.2 million euro project, which is probably along the, the larger side of a lot of the organisations in terms of the developments that they would be doing, that we we would be used to doing. But there was this, a number of very interesting components to this particular project. Number one, they managed to get their hands on land at uh, uh, on a peppercorn rent, which meant that the annual rent would be something Along the lines of a euro a year, uh, uh, perhaps 100 euro a year, but nothing close to market rent. The second thing was, which struck us, is that they were going to raise uh, 4.7 million euro from within their community over a period of three years. And in fact, when they approached us, they had the vast majority of that already raised. Now, for a, a population of 700 adults to do that without any major fundraisers, without seeking or access to any grants, without going to the international diaspora at that time, we found to be phenomenal. They had a lot of credibility in terms of it had already attracted significant international media attention just by the very vision that they had from the outset. We ultimately ended up investing half a million, the last half a million to go into the deal. So the, 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 the community themselves um, put their hands in their pockets and came to the table with 4.7 million, which is very, very significant for a community of that size. And ultimately, in terms of the successes of this project, they are going to end up with the largest spiritual centre in Ireland uh, as a physical structure. Uh, it's doubling as a community centre with 1,400 seats. Here's probably the, the greatest thing of all. Throughout the process, they tendered for the job to see what sort of a price the construction would cost. And then they decided, how about we develop our own construction company from within our community? And ultimately, then they developed a... Company, private company limited by shares, called Next, Gen- Next Generation Projects. And they employed 17 people from within their community as tradesmen in this construction company. They went out and they acquired machinery and plant, which they didn't have to rent, but that they would retain ownership of post the development of this project. And not only were those 16 people employed and a full salary for the period of, of construction, but they also, on any given day, might have 30 to 40 volunteers on site helping them their friends, part of their community, now now having obtained full-time employment within this project. So at the end of this process, not only do you have the largest spiritual center in Ireland on a facility that was almost gifted to them by the local authority, but you also have the creation of a new company Sixteen jobs have been created, and this construction company can then go and bid for other community development projects, uh, and provide the surpluses that they make. Any profits that they make back into the 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 church in question. So it's it's a it's it's a phenomenal uh, example. And to me, the greatest social impact of this whole experience is the lessons it will teach, in terms of leading by example to other communities in Ireland. In terms of what can be done, the thing that I think this particular project is going to teach to the rest of Ireland is the power and the art of giving. They major on giving to an extent that I would never have appreciated before, and I believe that this is something that we as an Irish community generally can learn an awful lot from.
0: This episode will end with a focus on the kinds of monitoring processes that ethical finance organisations have in order to ensure the true sustainability of the projects they've invested in. Before that, I asked Giacomo to tell me about a Sicilian example.
3: So, I'll talk about the Messina Brewery operation. Uh, basically, in Messina, here in, uh, here in Sicily, that's the uh, more uh, historical brewery uh, in Sicily, created back in 1923. This brewery has been uh, producing for decades the local beer, the Sicilian beer, let's say, and has been then uh, bought by um, multinational enterprises. At the beginning of 2000, for different reasons, uh, it, was, uh, it went bankrupt and uh, uh, basically uh, the owner decided to fire all the workers. We were talking about 45 workers and for 45 families. Uh, which had, uh, which could have a strong impact here in the local context, given the high rate of unemployment uh, uh, locally. These workers first tried to react, tried to uh, make the brewery survive, but they, they couldn't manage. And they approached the foundation asking for support. How can you support us in trying to make the brewery survive? So the foundation at that moment uh, supported them in the design of a workers buyout operation. So basically, it supported uh, 15 of these workers uh, who decided to join the project. They support these these workers in the creation of a new cooperative uh, that was going to relaunch, let's say, the the beer production in uh, in Messina. uh, Therefore, keeping here that historical tradition of beer production. So the foundation itself funded the cooperative through cooperative financial instruments becoming finance financing member of the cooperative itself and the amount at the beginning was uh, sixty thousand euros but moreover it supported the the initiative by uh, triggering activating the whole framework i was out so basically it managed to attract uh, several investors for a total amount of 6 million euros through different actors that were engaged by the foundation. And this allowed the, the cooperative that was just born, let's say, to buy the new equipment and to launch the production. So actually, these, uh, the, the workers' buyout operations are quite, well, let's say, difficult operations, because they have to start again from zero, from scratch, the uh, activity. But in this case, uh, they produced profit since the very first year, and they never went in, uh, they never, never had loss losses in the in the production. Uh, so uh, also, for instance, uh, the uh, asset manager company I was talking about co-funded by the foundation, invested uh, 700, 750 thousand euros uh, in the in the workers buyout in the new cooperative. This is one of the uh, examples. Let's say showing how we act uh, uh, with a more holistic approach and a network approach. So we don't provide uh, just one size fits it all solution, but depending on the single uh, initiative and project, uh, we activate the, uh, the proper actors that are more suitable for that kind of initiative.
0: These examples show bespoke solutions that serve communities increasing capacity to attract other investors. The worker buyout solution explained by Giacomo is an economic and social phenomenon that has been around for many years but has developed more rapidly since the beginning of the 2008 financial and economic crisis and is still growing. More recently, scientific and sociological studies are being conducted on this interesting business model, which can be more resilient than corporate business models in times of economic and financial crisis. Let's hope that these fantastic examples of projects funded by the ethical finance institutions can serve as inspiration to both project developers and entrepreneurs to know that there are ethical finance options but also to help people understand that you can save your money in institutions that only finance these strong environmental, social and cultural impact driven causes. And this leads us to an important question How do ethical banks and financiers monitor the projects that they're going to invest in, or which they've already invested in? How do they ensure that these projects really do what they claim and that they are truly sustainable? As we will hear in an upcoming episode, the idea of greenwashing and social washing could mean that projects and companies say one thing, but actually act differently. So how can ethical finance institutions ensure that projects are truly sustainable? We return to Peru Sácia to find out more.
1: If you consider that analyzing credit requests is one of the basic elements in whole financial activity, if you mix that or if you link that with our aspiration as ethical finances to ensure that all our financial activity goes in favor of some positive impacts in social terms, linked always again with sustainability, social, environmental, governance, et cetera, we have to transfer that into processes. I mean, it's not just words. So we have to do something about that. And what we do from the very beginning is ensure processes of assessment, the ethical social governance quality of the credit requests and the credit requesters. We evaluate not just products, but projects and entities, organizations boosting these projects. Uh, we have our members have very robust evaluation systems, very you know uh, high level, high professional, elements to evaluate, and I have to say that this evaluation is as important from the operative point of view as the economic and financial evaluation, of course, that it has to be present because uh, uh, the, the, the regulator forces you to have these processes very well established. We accept that, we run that, no big shocks with the regulator in this area, but we add uh, what we can call a risk appetite, which is not exactly the same as the mainstream banks. You know, We have another risk appetite and we, in fact, translate that into impact appetite. We have an appetite to, to impact in different manners. We are not only interested in impacting positively in our investors. We, we, are, we are interested in positively impact in the environment, in our territories etc. And we have been quite good in in ensuring very professional processes to, to assess that.
0: Now that's an interesting overview of how Fabea members ensure social, economic and cultural impacts. Donald explains how this works at Community Finance Ireland.
2: Most of the organisations that we deal with are established with appropriate EBITDA trends from an economic, sustainable perspective. Ultimately, though, we are lending to people behind the projects. The community drive, the spirit within the locality, and and that will essentially be born out of their experience of achievement to that point. So it may be that there were previous capital developments delivered on schedule by the group and within budget. It may be appropriately managing debt in the past. Um, Oftentimes, it's a proven capacity to deliver on local fundraising which for us is rather like a litmus test in terms of sustainability. I mean, the old-fashioned crowdfunding, it demonstrates to us the difference between a like to have and a need to have. If we, as an investor, uh, can get the sense that in times of financial difficulty, there is a strong likelihood the local community will come on board to lend their support, then you know, even though it may not always be a bed of roses, that the project is truly sustainable from a financial perspective. And um, those that are startups are, are basing their projections on detailed market research. They're bringing a suitable amount of equity into the deal. And more than likely, we'll also have access some form of capital grant support to get off the ground, thus alleviating the pressure of an unsustainable debt board. And so I suppose that's from the financial perspective. From a sustainability, from, from a social impact uh, perspective, we, we really use the UN Sustainable Development Goals as our kind of uh, gauge. And we would ask every applicant to take uh, as far as they're concerned, what uh, development goals they're aspiring to achieve or working towards. Honestly, organisations that are applying for loan finance, the social impact is always very obvious. If we have to start scratching our head and, and, and asking ourselves, "Where is the social impact here?" it's it's not going to get a, it's not get a, going to get a decent hearing. You know, each year post drawdown, after in terms of monitoring um, groups, we we would seek a copy of the borrower's annual accounts from a financial perspective, but we'd also we'd also seek to physically meet. Uh, with with them uh, by our team. Now, we'd love to be able to meet every organisation every 12 months of the year, but there's there's only so many days in the year, and when you have hundreds of clients, you you just kind of seek out the ones that maybe would be on your watch list that you're unsure about in terms of future sustainability uh, because of whatever external economic circumstances may come to bear, um, but also to the
0: larger ones where we'd have a, a fairly large concentration risk in terms of investment. Impressive, clear procedures on monitoring. So given the importance of local impact, I wanted to know how they interact with local communities. Donald continues.
2: We work work very well with local stakeholders. We do that on a a number of different levels and relevant to the subsector with which a specific project fits. Our team on the ground have to the fore of their role the need to develop and maintain strong working relationships with local grant providers, uh, umbrella bodies, and other support agencies, given their local intelligence. This to us is key, and something we would ju- suggest has been an important aspect of our growth over the last five years in particular. Our team themselves are embedded in their local communities. They can empathise with their clients' aspirations to deliver on that social
0: impact. Dono continued by explaining how this process works regarding the example of Botania Church, which he explained earlier. Um, in relation to Batania Church, um,
2: when we look at uh, sustainability um, on, a, on a social, environmental and economic basis, uh, economic long term to us, that project, the development of an asset base as opposed to continuous presence within the rental market to us makes complete economic sense. In, in that particular instance, uh, that such an asset could be established with a loan to value ratio of 10% is very positive. know but there was there was that unusual aspect to the deal and that it was also directly responsible for creating a construction company and those 16 jobs created from within that local community and that involved the acquisition of a considerable amount of plant rather than leasing it so it it stripped out it stripped out a market profit margin on the development of the church so they got the actual development at a a cost price you might say and now there's a construction company in existence dedicated to developing other community builds into the future services can be used for the local community so from an economic perspective Everton made sense environmental I mean it, this was a disused site belonging to the local authority it had been zoned um, as as used for community space and in education and spiritual spaces in particular an inclusive school had already been established adjacent to the community and, and they themselves were keen that they'd seek to establish I suppose, a campus of services in close proximity to centralise the focus of this activity. So, it, you know, their, their, carbon fru- their carbon footprint, if you want, was kind of uh, restricted to this, this small campus, and it's worked very well for them. Socially, on, on, on one level, this is, a, this is giving a, a community spread across a large geographic area a sense of belonging, reward a, and achievement in terms of the legacy impact to those generations of the community who will follow. The enhancement of spiritual support to the people involved is obvious but then indirectly there is a wider impact that of leading by example to many other communities on this island with populations perhaps multiples of this particular community and not believing that the potential that lies within uh, the power behind the art of giving so this project has already attracted international media attention when they were even laying the foundation so the future is bright in terms of the inspiration it should provide to all walks of life into the future
0: a truly inspirational example. And as mentioned in the first episode, the reason for this podcast is to spread the word of the examples of ethical banking, as explained by Commissioner for Jobs and Social Rights, Nicholas Schmidt himself. We finish with Giacomo Pinafo of the Fondazione di Comunità di Messina to explain their important monitoring processes. It's fundamental to follow Closely,
3: all the different initiatives we support, also from the financial point of view. This means that all the uh, initiatives that we finance follow also accompanying process. Therefore, for instance, we provide training and coaching. We have recently uh, developed an incubator, let's say, thanks to European funding, providing therefore these kind of activities, so uh, training and coaching for new ideas and existing ventures engaged in the social economy. And thanks to this path, uh, we were able to uh, develop the project in a sustainable way from an economic, uh, environmental and social point of view. And uh, when we also uh, finance the projects, then we follow them, also, for instance, through a direct engagement in the activities of the initiative. For instance, uh, talking again about the uh, brewery, the Beneficio Messina, there we uh, support them from the administrative point of view through a person, one of our staff who is directly engaged in the administrative activities of the brewery. We have also, we name a person in the board of directors of the brewery. Therefore uh, through all these activities we are able to monitor and above all it's not about monitoring but it's about supporting constantly the beneficiary in the development and implementation of the different activities.
0: So there we have it, several fascinating stories of ethical finance supporting community-led actions with positive economic, social, environmental and cultural impacts, which help boost community spirit and work towards the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. We've also seen how important the monitoring process is in ensuring the sustainability of projects that are funded. What's important now is to spread the word of these good practices and ensure upscaling and growth. In the coming episodes we will meet Peru, Donal and Giacomo again, but we will also hear news stories with a focus on governance structures and the ethical finance organisations, how decisions are made and how you as citizens can participate. Additionally, we will explore how to measure impact and hear about the challenges that ethical banks and financiers face in upscaling to become a part of the mainstream. Let's get these messages out to policymakers to ensure that this financial model can become the rule rather than the exception. Thank you for listening to Finance for Good.